We've been praying for this sweet man of God for blindness to leave. And we've been rebuking that spirit of blindness and speaking vision over him. Well, last week he told us that he could see a little bit of light when he looks that way. And you guys were here. <laughs> it's okay. And you guys that were here, remember that. Well, I just prayed for him again and asked him what's different. And he said he can see more light than he did last week on this side. We take authority right now over every resistant spirit. I command blinders to be removed, blindness to be removed. What do you see that's different? Once in a while, some light. Thank you, Father. You remove the sling. How is your arm? Hallelujah. Look at this. She removed the sling. I want you to move your arm around. Way better than it was. Hallelujah. So we're going to make our days count. We're going to make every day count. We're in a brand new year, church. We're in a brand new year, 2023. We're going to make every single day count. Amen. What we do with our every day is vital. It is vital. So I want to read to you some scriptures from Ecclesiastes chapter 1. Ecclesiastes chapter 1. And... In verse 3, it says, What profit has a man from all of his labor, which he toils under the sun? One generation passes away, and another generation comes, but the earth abides forever. The sun also rises, and the sun goes down and hastens to the place where it arose. The wind goes towards the south and turns around to the north, and the wind whirls about continually and comes again on its circuit. All the rivers run into the sea, yet, yet the sea is not full. To the place from which the rivers come, they, they return again. I want you to focus on verse 4. One generation passes away and another generation comes. We are going to live our life, all of us, we're going to live our lives as God chasers. We are after his heart. We are after him. We are after the heart of God. Every one of us, right? And my suggestion for you, if it's not already something that you're thinking of, is to make that your prayer, is to ask God, make me a God chaser in every way. Make me one that pleases you and that chases after you in incredible ways, new ways, even this year. If you think that you've already arrived in your love and your pursuit for Jesus, then you have something else coming because there's no limit. Remember, I've told you so many times. There is absolutely no limit. So we're going to live our lives in a way that pleases God. Okay? We have not purposed our lives to live empty. See how it says one generation, you know, and then another generation, right? And it's like it's, it's, it's fleeting. It's all is vanity. But not our lives because we're building our lives on the rock. In other words, you can live your life to where it's vanity, empty, and it's like one generation comes and then the next generation comes. And there's no real significant change because no one made an impact. But say, that's not going to be me. One generation comes and the next generation is going to come, but they're going to hear of the goodness of the Lord. But we're going to decree God's goodness. We're going to actually leave a footprint, an imprint. We're going to pass the baton and we're going to do so well. This is not just for your children. 
Of course, it is for them and your grandchildren, but it's for anybody that God has called you to be a minister unto. It's for those in your life that you're ministering to, and you may not even know who they are. You may not even know them by name, but you're still speaking to them. You're still ministering. How many of you say, I've got some spiritual sons and daughters, and I do know them by name, and I've got some people that are watching, and I'm going to speak forth the truth of God's word, because whether I know so on this side of heaven or not, I am influencing them for the goodness of God, for God's goodness. Amen? So that includes everything. Everybody in this room. So four principles to guarantee that you are making your days count. Number one, seek him first. Seek him first, church. Number two, speak of his goodness daily. And number three, serve right where you are at. And number four, live lives of gratefulness. We're going to seek the Lord first in everything that we do. So the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. When you seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness, everything that we need, it's added unto us. Not because you're striving and you're toiling to make it happen, but because you're seeking him first. When you spend that time in the presence of the Lord, you're seeking him. When you spend that time in word and worship and prayer, you're seeking him. When your heart's desire is more of you, Father God, and none of me, you're seeking him. You're seeking him in spirit and in truth. When you seek God, everything that is needed is added unto you, not by your efforts, but by his faithfulness. How many of you say amen to that? Thank you, Jesus. So, we've, I've got some points listed here. Pray. When you pray, we draw near to God. When I pray, I draw near to God. When you pray, you draw near to God. You can be so close to the Lord, but when you pray, you draw closer. And we all want to be closer. We all want to draw closer to him. So it's our personal time of prayer that will bring us even closer than the corporate time of prayer. This is great. We love corporate time of worship and prayer, and it's a must. It's needed. There's something powerful that happens. There's a fire. There's a power of the Holy Ghost. There's faith rises up in the room. But the personal time of prayer is something so beautiful, so specific, so intimate between you and Jesus, right, that you don't ever want to forsake that. You don't ever want to neglect that. You don't ever want to think, well, I've already went to church. It doesn't count. In other words, don't just let that be your only time of connecting with him. Don't let this be the only time of connecting with him. You're ripping yourself off. You really are. And you know what? This year, I, I'm, we're going to be pushing the prayer and fasting. We're, we're going to be really increasing on prayer and fasting. But I'm telling you right now, this is a time to press into the more of God. Why is she saying that? Is she saying this because there's all this wickedness in the world? No, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new under the sun. But I'll tell you what. God says, I want to give you so much more, but you're going to have to increase in your faith walk. Your faith walk will be increased when you press into the heartbeat of God. You press into the heartbeat of God when you go into your prayer closets and you pray like nobody's business. When you make that secret place, that, that dwelling place with him, your first and your most holy sanctuary. Hallelujah. So we're going to seek him. We're going to pray. We're going to press in, draw near to him, and he draws near to you. Hebrews 4, 16 says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find help in time of need. We, when we press in, when we go into the throne room, it says, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne. 
his throne, the throne of grace. I want you to come with an expectation that your daddy God is waiting for you. He is waiting for you to come and to speak to him. He is waiting for you to come and reveal your heart to him. He is waiting for you to reveal your desires, your disappointments, your expectations, everything. He is waiting for you. So therefore, we're going to come boldly. You're not going to come sheepishly. You're going to come boldly. Say, I'm coming boldly to the throne of grace and mercy. I'm going to find grace to help in time of need. He is our grace. He is our mercy. And he is our help in time of need. And we know that, right? Amen. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, do not be anxious about anything. We all have an opportunity to be anxious. It's there. It presents itself, right? But it's really a trap. It's not much of an opportunity. It's more like a trap. But So that, that trap is there. That, um, that lure is there, right, to be anxious. But it is a choice. It must be a choice, a conscious effort within us to say, oh, there's anxiety rising up on the inside of me, which is fear. But the Bible says, be anxious for nothing. In other words, in, in every single way, do not be anxious. It's something we must train ourselves to do. When you train yourself to do this, you will walk with this peace of God, total peace of God in the midst of hard, difficult circumstances. And I think that some of you would even be able to testify that you know because you've been walking this way for quite some time. And everybody's in a different place. Some of you are just now learning the grace of God upon your life that you can literally walk without the anxiety. It doesn't come from God. But when you pray, this is your, this is your victory to walk in that freedom. Some of you are like, yeah, but, 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 but. I don't have enough money, finances, I don't have a job, but, 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 but my husband, my, my wife, whatever it is, but my child, but, 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 but let me tell you something, put that at the feet of Jesus, because God is faithful, and when you walk realizing that I am going to be anxious for, anxious for, nothing, that gives no room for even just a little bit, does it? So it's going to take some conscious effort on some of our parts, right? But I'll tell you, as you do this, you really, truly become free. You're not a Christian just because you said some prayer one time in your life, and now all of a sudden you go, oh, I'm a Christian. But you still live the way you used to live. You're a Christian as you're a Christ follower, and you do his word. You actually walk his word. You're a Christian when you walk his word. You're a Christian when you say, wow, I prayed that prayer. Now, Lord God, I'm going to take, I'm going to apply these truths, and I'm going to live by the truth. The truth is setting me free because I shall know the truth, and the truth shall set me free because I do the truth. Are we doing the truth? Are we walking the truth? Hallelujah. That's what it takes. Be anxious for nothing. The minute you catch yourself being anxious, what do you need to do? I'm going to be anxious for nothing. Cast that thing out. Cast that thing out. And the Bible says, but in everything, here it is. What are we talking about? We're talking about prayer. But in everything, by prayer. Oh, I can feel anxiety rising up. We, you know, sometimes it's that spirit and you can feel it rising up. There will be times I'll be out, you know, and I have, I'm totally fine. I'm happy. There's nothing going on. And all of a sudden I can feel it rising up, right? And I know it's anxiety because I don't walk with it. I don't walk with fear. I don't walk with anxiety. But boy, can I tell when that spirit, and I know it's a spirit. It's not natural. Nothing is going on. It, there's no reason for it to be there. But all of a sudden this weird feeling just starts to, and it's like in my stomach. And now I know that is a spirit. And I don't care where I am. I could be at a restaurant. And I, was, and I could just be in a conversation. 
conversation with somebody, and all of a sudden it feels like this butterfly, and it's like, whoa, what is this? It's not coming from God, and it is definitely coming from the devil to try to get you off your A game, to try to cause you to take bait and to walk in fear or anxiety. It's like it leaves a trail to see if you'll take the bait. But yet sometimes I can feel that spirit trying to come against me, and it, it for me, I'm not saying it's like this for everybody, but for me, it'll grip me right in my stomach, and I can feel it. And it, The best way I can describe it, it feels like butterflies, this nervousness, almost like a nervous energy. I'm like, whoa, what in the world? And I said, that's a spirit of fear. Out of here now in the name of Jesus. Out of here now. And I've done it. I've been at a restaurant, just and oh, out of here now in the name of Jesus. Now, usually, I know that, you know, the enemy is planning something, right, and the Lord is alerting me to it so that I can take authority, so that I don't walk blindly into something, It's a, that I don't walk blindly into a trap. You see, we go, oh, the enemy put that in you. God allowed it so that I would rebuke it. You're never left without hope. You're never left, oh, my gosh, what do I do with that? In everything, in everything, right, by prayer, okay, and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And that scripture goes on to say, and the peace of God. That it'll guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. And the peace of God, it's going to guard you. That peace of God is going to guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus as you pray. As you give thanks. So James 4, 8, yes, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-mindedness. We're not going to be double-minded. We're allowing him to fill us. And the next thing in that is to read through the Bible. Read. How many of you guys read through the Bible? Like you, you're trying to, okay, good. Some of you do. So I encourage all of you to read through your Bible. You are going to know the voice of God better if you read through his word. I encourage you to get yourself accustomed to reading through the word of God every day. Now, you can still study it in another different time of the day because this is just reading it. Reading through it, your mind is going to be renewed. There's a different way, different ways that we study the Bible, right? So reading through is just that. It's reading through. You go, why? So I can just check off a checklist? Because you need to start hearing the word, and your brain needs to be renewed every day in the word of God. There are many Christians that don't read their Bibles on a regular basis. That's not okay, church. That's not acceptable. Christians that don't read their, and what happens is if you don't do it, then you go day after day, week after week, now pretty soon months, and you're like, oh, yeah, I can't remember the last time I read. That's not a good thing to say. Right? So guard yourselves from the devil's deception. If all you're doing is reading through the Bible right now, four chapters a day, and you study as you can, then at least you're doing that. But I'm telling you, be faithful to change what you need to change in this new year. This is the new beginning. This is the beginning of a new year. So I'm trying to set some things straight. Some things need to be reset. Psalm 119, verse 11. I love this scripture. You know, my granddaughter has this scripture memorized. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do we not sin against God? By hiding his word in our heart. How do we hide God's word in our heart? By being in it. By being in it. Just being in his word. Proverbs 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Proverbs 16, 16. How much better to get wisdom than gold, to get insight rather than silver. He is saying nothing compares with the wisdom that comes from God, from his word. Amen? Amen. So the next point is fasting moves you, okay? Prayer and fasting. 
prayer and fasting. It moves you. It changes you. It heals you. It restores you. It gives you breakthrough. When we fast, we're not changing the heart of God. We're not making God move on our behalf. It changes us. It causes us to be in alignment with the will of God. It causes us to be more hungry for him. It causes us to have this hunger that just will not be quenched. This hunger that says, Lord, I thank you, but I just need more every single time. And you're in his presence for hours. But I thank you, but I just need more. That hunger is increased when you fast and pray. And so fasting and prayer changes us. It's a good thing. Say it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Hallelujah. So I, I want to read to you Isaiah 58, 11, but I've got two different versions that I'm going to read it in. So first of all, let me read it to you from the New King James. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose water do not fail. This is Isaiah 58, 11, talking about the fast that God chooses. It, God chosen fast. Okay, it's not just talking about food, but it's talking about rending your heart. It's talking about letting your heart be one that is so set apart and so yielded unto him that if whatever he tells you to cut out of your life, be it food and anything else, attitudes and everything else, you're going to do it, right? And so let me read it to you from Isaiah 58, 11 in the message. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life, who's claiming that promise, in the empties of places, firm muscles, strong bones. You will be like a well-watered garden, gurgling spring, a gurgling spring that never runs dry. He is likening our lives to this gurgling spring that never runs dry. Amen. The Passion Translation reads like this. It says, Yahweh will always guide you where to go, what to do. He will fill you with refreshment even when you are in a dry, difficult place. He will continually restore strength to you so that you will flourish like a well-watered garden and like an ever-flowing, trustworthy spring of blessing. This, yeah, wow, right? This is the promise of the Lord. This is in Isaiah 58. Hallelujah. When you go to verse 6, yeah, fasting is, is chosen by God. So to loosen the bands to, of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens. This is what God is doing. When you fast, heavy burdens are being released off of you, but it's not just for you. It's off of your children. It's off of your offspring. It's for other people that we also fast for. It's to bring in God's goodness on New Year's Eve. At our celebration service, the Lord gave me a prophetic word for our church, and I read it to all of you. The level of prayer and fasting that we are doing is not going to be enough to walk in and to, to achieve, to reach what God's plans are, what, what his plans are for our lives in this church. It's not enough. We must increase. That's why I'm talking about this right now, because I'm trying to get everybody you know, excited, on the same page with really pressing in for more. Wow. We're going into a new year full, full, fully charged, full of him, completely with an expectation that what God has for us, we are not going to settle with yesterday's manna. But every single week, it takes a move of God to do what he's doing. For, for people, we've had blind eyes open. That takes a move of God. To have deaf ears open, we, that takes a move of God. We've had all of this. We have many blind eyes open. We've had people, so many, rising up out of wheelchairs and 
getting rid of their canes. I've lost track. Takes a move of God. But are you satisfied? And do you think God's done? Do you think that's the best that he has? Or do you think he's limited? Re- there's limited resources? How about sons and daughters that are still to return? How about families that are still to be restored? Spouses that are still to be restored unto the faith? Well, it's all in the same package. It is all in the same blessing. It is all in the same anointing. The anointing that breaks the yoke, right? That anointing that breaks the yoke. Well, God's saying, I have more for you, but you're going to press into more to receive it. I expect more from you, says the Lord. At this point in your walk, there's a a greater expectation, right? Because you don't expect your child that just started to learn to walk, barely walking, you don't expect them to run. But as soon as they start walking pretty good, you expect them to run. And so there's an expectation on all of your lives. If you want to walk in God's fullness, if you want to walk in the promises of God fully, you, want, you, you read them, you're claiming them, you're saying, oh, this is mine, I thank you, Lord. But are you going to be willing to do the work that it's going to take to do it? Because it's going to take more prayer and more fasting. Hallelujah. And it's a good thing. Say, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. And then to give, you give unto the Lord. Proverbs 18, 16, a gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of God's greatness. Uh, Proverbs eleven twenty five 25 says, a generous person will prosper and whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. When you refresh others, this could be in any kind of giving, not just financially. When you refresh others with that word of encouragement, with that prayer, you are giving, are you not? You are giving. You are giving of the Lord. You're giving unto this individual. And it says you're going to be refreshed. Say, I thank you, Lord God. So many of you are prayer warriors in this room. You should be claiming, I walk in the refreshment of the Lord. I'm always refreshed because that's the amount of prayer I give out. Isn't that true? So true. But you got to claim it because you know what the devil wants to tell you? Oh, man, you're tired. Man, you're, you're fatigued. Man, you pray for so many people. Who prays for you? These are lies that the devil tries to tell you and whispers in your ear, right? Those are lies. And so I'm telling you, you got to kick those lies out and say, well, the word of God says when I pray, when I refresh others, when I give, I am refreshed. It is from the Lord that he pours in such a mighty increase. It's like an avalanche just flowing out of me, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 11 says, you will be enriched in every way. This is still talking about giving. In every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. See, you're going to be enriched. In other words, God's going to give so that you can give more. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be a gen, you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God because you're thankful. God gives you more because you're obedient. God gives you more because you're not stingy. God gives you more. This works in every area of your life. It works in your giving tithes and offerings. It works in your it works in your sacrifice of love towards an individual, your servanthood to somebody, right? It works in every area because it's a principle. It is a principle of God. Now, point number 2. Speak of his goodness daily. Psalm 89 and verse 1 says, "I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever." With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Are we singing of God's mercies throughout our day, throughout the week? 
I want you to sing of his mercies. Because when you, when you just do this point, you speak of his goodness. That's it. You just speak of his goodness. You become very grateful. Literally, gratefulness starts to well up within you. Psalm 71, 14. It says, but I will continually hope and will praise you yet more and more. Hallelujah. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day, every day, all the time. You know, only when your spirit-filled Holy Ghost transformed by his blood, tongue-talking, you know, devil-casting out, spirit-filled believer, do you get excited when somebody reads a scripture like this. But I will hope continually. And the Holy Ghost crowd says, yeah, because it does something on the inside of you. It's true. It does something on the You're like, yes, I'm going to hope continually. Yeah. Am I the only Pentecostal in this room? Because I'm telling you, it stirs us. Maybe it doesn't for you. Maybe you're like, I don't get it. I missed it. What is she saying? What is she talking about? Right now, I decree Holy Ghost fire. The Holy Ghost right now. God's love stirring up on the inside of them, Lord. Lord, cause them to be, cause them to see, cause them to raise their voices. Holy Ghost, shout. See, when our spirit man is not quite alive, it's because we haven't fed the spirit. We, we have fed the flesh, the soul, too much. The soul is fat, and the soul needs to get a little skinnier. But the, the spirit needs to get <laughs> filled up. Our spirit needs to get stronger. When our spirit gets stronger, then all of a sudden, all you hear is hallelujah. You're like, yeah. Hallelujah. Did I hear somebody say, hallelujah. I'm serious. That's what happens is a stirring and people think you're a nuts as all nuts can be. Crazy as all crazy can be. But we are crazy for Jesus. I've told you so many times. But it's because our spirit man is growing because we feed it. As we feed, we feed it the word. We feed it the presence of God. We are in his presence. We pray, we fast. We, we give him thanks. And it wells up. He wells up. He wells up. So we speak, all of this is to say point two. Point two is to speak of his goodness daily. Now, I could have just said point two is speak of his goodness daily. Point three is, but I'm not going to do that because some need to be awakened in the Holy Ghost. Some need to get some fire underneath them. Some need to get a Holy Ghost backbone this year. Some need to walk differently and say, I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For that gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And I don't care what they say, I will not shut my mouth. I will not stop decreeing the truth. I will not stop living holy, sanctified, set apart unto him. Right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So speak of his goodness daily. Let me go back to where I was. Psalm 71, verse 14. We're going to go to 18 if we can make it. But I will hope continually. That's about as far as we got. And will praise you yet more and more. Okay, see right there? He says, I will... I will hope continually. I, I, will, I will praise you more and more. So right there we hear our instruction is to praise him more. Not Yesterday's praise was only good for yesterday. Kind of like yesterday's manna. It was only good for yesterday. But he says I will praise you 
more and more. So there needs to be an increase in the way you praise, how long you praise. Jesus, hallelujah, we'll just be here for hours. But even when you walk out, you should still have a praise in your step continually, more and more, more and more. You want to walk that's on fire? That's it. You don't need, oh, I've got to run after this group and run after that group. Oh, here I see this and here I see that. They're doing this, they're doing that. Let me tell you, that fire is supposed to be planted within you from the Holy Ghost. You're supposed to carry it. You're supposed to walk with that fire. We are all supposed to be those pillars of fire walking around. And there's enough fire in this room to literally cause an inferno. We know this, right? Woo! Hallelujah. All right, Psalm 71. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to get through everything you want me to get through. But I will hope continually. Somebody needs to hear that. I will hope continually. They are making, you know, the psalmist is making an affirmation, a statement of truth for himself. I will. Not maybe, I hope so, when it's easy, when it, when it happens. No. I will hope continually. And I will praise you yet more and more. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness. The reason some of your kids don't really have a hunger for Jesus is because you haven't told them a thing. You haven't spoken of his goodness. You're hiding your Christianity. You're, you're, you're living a life of Christianity at home. I'm sorry, at church. But then when you get to your home or you get to your round family, you're as quiet as a church mouse. And they have no idea that there's a praise welling up on the inside of you because you're trying to be PC. You're trying to be, you know, correct in their eyes. You're trying to not stir the waters. But can I tell you something? You are to let that praise come out of you. You are to be a living example. The only way they're going to know what God has done for you is if you open your mouth and speak it. The only way. So what if they don't like it? They will eventually. You know, I told you guys before when I first got saved, that lady was crazy. I was convinced of it. She was crazy. I thought she was so nuts. I did not want to be around her because she just talked about Jesus and she was over the top in my mind. And it's like, really? Like, you know, and, but, but what did God do? He used that individual to literally pull me in a little at a time. Yes, so be it. That's true. But he still used this person that I thought was pretty far out there. And I was not wanting to be around her. <laughs> and I was only being nice, just being nice. Praise God for good manners. Because God even uses good manners. <laughs> and so, but, so my point is, is that how are they going to hear if you don't say? Tell them the goodness of God. Tell them what you've experienced. Stop quoting them scriptures. Some of them are not listening because all you do is bash their, the Bible over their head. You just quote a scripture after a scripture. But let me tell you, maybe you ought to tell them how good God is in your life and how you've seen his faithfulness. Maybe you ought to tell them of God's faithfulness to you. Maybe you ought to share with them when you were in a really horrible, desperate situation and how God's faithfulness was there for you. They cannot. They can't deny that. They, come, they can't come against that. They may try, but they can't because it's your experience, right? But let me tell you, your experience draws them in because they, and they may not say it to you, but, but when they're by themselves, they're going to remember that story. And they're going to be like, wow, Lord, if you did that for them, if you did that for her, if you did that for him, would you do it for me? And it's your, and, it, and all you did was share of his goodness. That's all you did. 
but you're doing so not just to the stranger, because it's easier to tell a stranger about the goodness of God sometimes than your own family members that have rejected Christ. Right? For some. For some, especially some that are walking completely the opposite of the word of God, and they're running in rebellion, and they don't want to hear you. They don't want to hear the scriptures. They're running because they've heard it already. They don't want to hear it. But they'll hear your experience when you come at them with the right heart. They'll hear, your, they'll hear your story when you'll say, you know what, I was really discouraged and I was really down, but I just say, Lord Jesus, help. My gosh, you just welled up within my heart. It's something like that. So simple. So simple that you might not even think of sharing it. But it's powerful because it speaks to them right where they're at. Because why? Because they can do that too. Because it's simple. They can do it too. The gospel is not difficult. All right. I think we're at verse 16. I will go in the strength of the Lord God, all of us, always. We go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of your righteousness, of yours only. Do you see how often he is repeating, I will make mention of your goodness. I will speak of your goodness continually. I'm going to speak of your goodness daily. Oh, God, you have taught me from my youth. And to this day, I declare your wondrous works. That's what we're to do. That's what I'm telling you to do. Now, it says also, when I am old and gray-headed, oh, God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation, your power to everyone who is to come. You're going to declare his strength to this generation. And we know this generation needs to hear God's strength and his power to all of those that are to come. It's his strength and it's his power in your life specifically that you're going to decree and declare it and they're going to hear it. They're going to hear it because deaf ears spiritually are opening up in your families, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. And point number three is, is a natural byproduct of what happens when you do point two. When you do point two, speak of his goodness daily. Uh, point number three is just natural. It just comes. You live a life of gratefulness. Living a life of gratefulness. Being content in what you have. It's a natural overflow of the mouth that speaks of God's goodness. Right? It's just a natural overflow. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it says, Rejoice always. Right? Pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's a natural, gratitude is a natural overflow. You know, have you ever met that an individual that is not grateful? I mean, I have. Not good. It is not good. You know, when you just, they can have so many good things, but they can't see it. Because they're so focused on what they don't have instead of what they do have, right? And so it, it tends to become a character issue. You can try to teach them and you can try to encourage them and tell them about the things that they could be grateful for. You, you can cast out the demon and all of this, absolutely. But I'll tell you right now, we can learn, if this is you, you can learn to be grateful by thanking God for every single thing every single day. And when you do give him that thanks, gratitude starts to well up in your life. It has to be a personal choice. It's a personal choice. But we are to be have this gratefulness in our hearts. And, and with this gratefulness, what does it do? It, gives, it brings forth thanksgiving. And we're to be thankful in all circumstances. I just read it, 1 Thessalonians right? 5, 16 through 18. We're to be thankful in all things. Well, thankfulness comes from a life of gratitude. 
And gratitude comes from a life of speaking the goodness of God. Do you see how it all works together? Because whatever you speak, that's eventually what you feel, right? And that's obviously eventually what you speak forth, which, what comes out, the byproduct of your life. And then point number four, and this is the last point, and that is serve where you are at. Serve where you are at. Bloom where you are planted. Make the most out of every circumstance and rejoice in it and be content. When you're a person of thanksgiving and you thank God all the time, you're just so grateful. It's a true, genuine thankfulness. It's not just lip service. Your heart has been changed, okay? Your heart has literally been molded to thank him all the time. It's a natural byproduct, right? You even say it without thinking all the time. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. You're so good. You're not even thinking about a specific circumstance. It's now a natural overflow. It's automatic, right? When you are filled with God's gratitude because you're thankful, because you praise him in every circumstance, no matter how bad it is, it's as if you're not touched in the midst of wickedness. It's as if it doesn't affect you. How many of you guys, this has been said of you. It's as if, um, it's as if you know, you're in some bubble or something, like you're not aware of what's happening. Has anybody ever, or something similar to that, right? They've said similar statements to you like that. It's like, wait, you're not, or they'll say you're in denial. You know, you're not, you're, you're in denial. Like, you don't, do you not see what's happening? Do you not hear, did you not hear what the doctor said? Did, did you not see what your son just did? You're in denial, right? And then people will say you're in denial. Why? Because you're not, re, you're not reacting in a negative way. You're not reacting in fear. You're not reacting in this, oh my gosh, you know, the sky is falling. What are we going to do? Panic, panic, panic. You're not reacting in that way. Instead, you know what? There's a Holy Ghost on the inside of you that's been so stirred up. Uh, there is so much filling of the Holy Spirit. You're a spirit man so strong in you that you know, you see it, you hear it, you understand it, you just refuse to be affected by it. Because you're supposed to be the change agent. You're not the one to be changed, other than change in the presence of God. Right? And so your faith will start to rise up and grow when you just give this one simple thing. Give thanks in all circumstances.